All right, we are live. Good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we'd like to say praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Today is May 6th, 2021 and week 118. If you're new around here, welcome to Joy in the Midst of the Storm. This is a program where we like to do weekly live stream Bible studies and shortly upload every shortly upload audio versions to every major podcast platform shortly thereafter and if you've been with us for a while as always we'd like to say welcome back we appreciate each and every single one of you guys for tuning in week in and week out trying to hear what thus says the lord um we were going through a storm just a little bit ago looked like it's past now and the power had flickered just a little bit so if we go black <laughs> that that's what happened but i do believe that it is past now so we shouldn't have anything to worry about so going on to the title of the lesson we'll be talking about the water again we've talked about it so many times and we still haven't talked about it enough because somebody out there still hasn't heard it and that's our job that is what we get on here for to spread the word you know somebody may say oh i heard this message before but you know and i've noticed this too when we watch a movie and then when we watch it again it's the exact same stuff we already know what's going to happen no lines changed but we still see something that we didn't see the first time and that's how it is with the word of god so we'll be talking about water separation at the water or the water still separates so without any further ado i'm going to pass it over to minister tony banks we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message as always i hope you guys get something out of it thank you melvin thank you so much uh before we get into the message we like to start with a prayer if you guys are in a place uh, in a good place where you can take a pause we encourage you to join in this prayer with us Gracious Lord, thank you for another opportunity. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to this week, Lord, this day. Lord, we thank you for being such an awesome God in our lives. Lord, you did so many things for us we don't deserve. Lord, help the things that we say that it would not just be talk. It would not just be repetition. It would not just be uh, just repeating whatever but it would be something truly from within us it would be a part of us it would be something that comes from our hearts so lord we're praying that you will continue to bless us you will continue to bestow down your mercy and grace upon us lord continue to help us to grow in you become stronger and stronger in your will for our lives lord help us to not put anything before you and so, Lord, we're praying all these blessings in your precious name. Lord, we're asking that no matter what happens in this life, that you would continually remind us there is a reason to have joy. So, Lord, we're praying these blessings in your holy name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, Melvin already mentioned it. We're talking about the water once again. Uh, I know this is one of Melvin's favorite topics. Uh, <laughs> uh and it's so important because the water uh, is something that we've seen God use time and time again uh, to put a difference between his people uh, and those who are not his people. Uh, we can go all throughout the scripture and find these occasions. Uh, even from the very beginning, we can see how God, he separated the children of Israel from Pharaoh's army using the Red Sea. That was water. God has always did this, even 
Moses himself, he was saved from the water. So we, we find that God continually does this. And it has not changed up until this point. It will not change. Uh, his word will stand forever. Uh, this is just the way that God does things. And so we want to take a look at some of these things by the grace of God. Uh, if he allows us this opportunity, we will look at it and we will start tonight in the book of Jude. Excuse me. Judges. Judges chapter seven and verse four. So there went up thither of the people about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. Mm -hmm. And the men of Ai smote of them about thirty and six men, for they chased from Hold them. On a second. Where are we? Oh, <laughs> sorry, I am in Joshua. <laughs> I was <laughs> one book above. <laughs> sorry. All right, Judges seven and four. It's all right, Melvin. <laughs> we we definitely all make mistakes. God knows I make them. Uh, but I thank God how he allows us to get things right uh, in the end. All right. All right. In the right place this time. And the Lord said unto Gideon, mm -hmm. the people are yet too many. Bring them down unto the water. Now we find God. Now I know somebody out there may not know what's going on. Uh, but we will address that. But God, I just want us to notice this first. God says, bring them down unto the water. Uh-huh. And I will try them for thee there. God said, I'm going to try them. I'm going to determine if I want to use this person or not. I'm going to do this at the water. Now, God already knew. He already knows everything that's going to happen in his life. He knows that the Bible tells us he stood in the beginning and declared the end. He he's that powerful. He can see the future. I know we go to fortune tellers and all these people who are supposed to tell us the future, but God can actually do that. And so he said to Gideon, take the people down to the water. I'm going to determine something when they get there. I'm going to separate them that's what he was doing he said i'll try him once you get down there all right and it shall be that of whom i say unto thee mm -hmm. this shall go with thee the same shall go with thee now he god tells Gideon. he said look once this happens he said whoever i tell you can go that's who's going you know we have to understand that God, he makes the rules. I don't make any rules. I might tell someone, hey, this is what God said. But I, I'm not allowed to determine God's rules. He determines that. I'm not qualified to do that. None of us are. So God said, whoever I tell you can go, that's who's going. This has nothing to do with your family because you want your nephew to go. This has nothing to do with that. This is not a popularity contest. This is about who God determines. So he said, bring them down to the water. 
And whoever, after I try them, whoever I said to take with you, that's who's going. So there be no argument, all right? And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, mm -hmm. the same shall not go. He said, look, whoever I say is not going, it doesn't matter if somebody cries. It doesn't matter if someone is sad. You know, we think this is what's going to work when it comes to God. There's going to be a lot of people turned around. And will not make it to heaven. I know we're not talking about that tonight, but there's going to be a lot of people. And God is going to have this same approach. Whoever he says can go, they will go. And whoever cannot, will not. It's not going to matter if we're sad. It won't matter if we're upset. So we have to make sure to get this thing right. Today, this is our opportunity. You know, there's so many things that we don't understand. And we're not even seeking them. We're not even trying to understand. I was talking to a lady today. Uh, and she was telling me how she had been married to a Catholic. Uh, her husband was a Catholic and she wasn't. And I just began to talk to her about some uh, doctrines some of the things that uh, Catholics believe and she had never heard that of the uh, perpetual virginity of Mary you know this is one of the main teachings of Catholicism and so in my mind I thought surely your husband would have told you this but for whatever reason, he didn't. So I said that to say this. We have to be seeking God's word. We have to be seeking knowledge in Christ. Now, we seek a lot of knowledge outside of God. We want to know. See, we know all about water. We say that's H2O. We can tell you the molecular structure. We can tell you what binds, how the hydrogens bind with the oxygen. We can tell you a lot of things and we can become really in-depth with it. But when it comes to God, we can't tell you anything. We don't know. So we should find out some things about him. Of course, we won't know every single thing because we're not God. But there's a lot we can know if we seek him. If we seek him, we'll find him. So now back to where we were. God tells Gideon, take the people down to the water. And I'm going to try them there. I'm going to separate them. That's what he's telling us. He said, whoever I tell you they can go, I want you to put them on this side. And all of those who cannot go, put them on the other side. That's separation. The water did this even back then. I talked about it earlier. At the Red Sea, the water separated. We know Moses and the children of Israel walked through peacefully on dry ground. God picked up the water, moved it back, allowed his children to go through. 
And then as Pharaoh and his army tried to do the same thing, God allowed the water to crash down on them. He separated them by the water. The water has been doing this since the beginning of time. We can go all the way back to Genesis and he tell the Bible tells us the spirit of God moved over the face of the water. God, God operates. He works through water. He does that. We should be able to see this today. We all reach for some type of water. We become thirsty and we know what to go and look for. Something needs to have some water in it. Something needs some type of water for us to quench our thirst. We know the world is made of majority water. God did these things on purpose because he's trying to show us water is important. Not only in your natural uh, way of living, not only in your natural life, water is important in your spiritual life. There's a reason he made you majority water. He's trying to show us the importance. Water separates us. Even in the body of Christ. So now we're going to get to it. Let's go back up to verse two so we can see what's going on here. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. So now what has happened is that the children of Israel have transgressed God. And so because of their sin, see, things change when we're in sin. I know someone tried to tell you that it's all right if you sin. Just ask for forgiveness. Somebody said, uh, <laughs> I can't remember exactly how the quote goes, but they said, uh, do it now and ask for forgiveness later. You know, that's a bad concept when it comes to God. That's a horrible concept because the children of Israel have sinned and they found themselves in bondage to the Midianites for seven long years. Seven years is a long time. And they didn't even know they were going to come out after these seven years. So they were in trouble having no way to know when this was going to end. So now Gideon, he has a group of people with him. God has told Gideon, God appeared to him and told him, look, I'm going to allow you uh, to help my children. I'm going to deliver you guys. So Gideon gathers up a group of people. God here tells him in verse two, he says too many of them. I don't, I don't need all of these people. Go ahead, Mel. Lest, is, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, mm -hmm. saying, mine own hand hath saved me. He said, God told Gideon, he said, this is too many people for me. Because if I allowed all of these people to go, somebody's going to say I did this myself. Somebody's going to say the, the reason we won, it wasn't because of God. It's because we outnumbered them. We had the majority. So God says, I don't want to use all of these people. 
because I don't want anyone to get the big head. Go ahead, Mel. Now, therefore, go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, whosoever is fearful and afraid, mm -hmm. let him return and depart early from, the, from Mount Gilead. God said, what I want you to do so we can cut this number down, I want you to ask who's afraid, who is terrified to go to battle. Uh-huh. And their return of the people 20 and 2,000. Now, that's a lot of people. Go ahead. And there remained 10,000. 22,000 people said, man, I'm afraid. See, the Midianites have had them in bondage for seven years. The Midianites wouldn't let, they could barely get anything to eat. They could barely do anything. Couldn't get any cattle. The Midianites made it hard on them to live. Whatever they got, they tried to hide it so that the Midianites wouldn't come and take it. They were afraid, and rightfully so. They didn't understand the fact that God was going to be with them. So God said, look, whoever's afraid, you can send them home. God tells us. Uh, he, he even told Joshua, he said, look, be courageous. You can't be afraid and do this. He told one prophet, he said, look, don't don't be worried about their faces. You don't have to be afraid of them. Don't be worried about what they're going to say. All right. So 22,000. Return home, leaving us 10,000 people. That's still a lot of people. All right. And the Lord said unto Gideon, mm -hmm. the people are yet too many. He says, still too many. Go ahead. Bring them down unto the water, and I will try them for thee there. Now he said, for my next trick, you hear magicians say that. He said, bring them down to the water. Because God is still wanting to separate his people that he would use from those who he wouldn't. Uh-huh. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. All right. So he brought down the people into the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon. Now, after he gets them down to the water, God reveals some new information to Gideon. See, he didn't tell him this from the beginning. because. You know, we are human. And so I, I don't know if Gideon would have did this. But now this is why I believe God handled it this way. See, God always reveals things to us in time. He always reveals his word to us as we go on. He's not going to tell us everything from the beginning. So here he tells Gideon after he's gotten them down. He said, all right, look, this is how I'm going to separate the people. See, Gideon might have told his family, hey, hey, look, if you do this, you get to go. We know that's what we would do for our family. Because we want to see our people. With us. Of course, we feel that way. So now God. He separates the people. So God said, whoever I tell you can go, that's who's going. 
So now he tells Gideon these instructions, all right? Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou sit by himself. He said, everyone that pulled the water in his mouth as a dog. He said, I want you to separate them over here. I'm going to say they were on the right side. Mm -hmm. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. He said, and everyone else who gets on their knees, separate them over here on the left side. All right. And the number of them that left it, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. 300 people brought the water, scooped it up in their hands, used their tongues to bring it in their mouth. 300 people. Now we started with what? 32,000? Now we're down to 300. All right. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thy hand, mm -hmm. and let all the other people go every man into his place. So what we find here is that God used the water to determine who was going to go. He did the same thing back in the days of Egypt, in the days where Moses and Pharaoh were alive. He determined who was going through the water. We know the story, such a famous story. Pharaoh's army was drowned by the water. We can see the same thing happen in the days of Noah. God continued to tell the people through the mouth of Noah, water's going to fall out the sky. There's going to be a flood. Whoever comes into the ark representing the church, whoever comes in here, you can be saved. The people didn't want to hear it. They said, man, you're crazy. See, that's what somebody thinks today. As we talk about this, somebody's saying the same thing. Man, y'all crazy. That water has nothing to do with my salvation. Water has no role over my life. Yet, we're using water every day. It's playing a huge role. So, we find here water separating God's people. He said, everyone that laps the water with their tongue. He said, I want you to set them over here. Those are the people I'm using. We find water and spirit. That's all we're seeing in that verse. Water and spirit. Same thing Jesus talked to Nicodemus about. Water and spirit. Water and spirit. The tongue in this verse represents the spirit. Because the Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost, they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they all spoke in tongues. Now you tell me what sound is made. If you ever heard a dog lap water, there's a sound. There is a sound. That's what that's what that's what's happening here. Represent the spirit. So now that's that's a lot of deep digging. 
I know somebody may not understand that, but it's there. So the water separates. I want to go to 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20. Because I know someone isn't persuaded that water has anything to do with your salvation. But that's not what the scripture declares. We'll find this in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20. Where Peter tells us the same things how the water separated even in the days of Noah alright which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah mm -hmm. while the ark was a preparing wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water eight people were saved by water now somebody says water doesn't save but the Bible declares eight people were saved in the days of Noah by water. I know God did it, but this is how we did it. He did it by the water. This is the same thing that happened in Gideon's day. He did it by the water. Same thing that happened in the days of Moses. He did it by the water. Moses himself. Even before that, being a baby, he was saved by water. Pharaoh's daughter went down to the water to bathe herself. And she seen this baby floating. And when she seen the baby, she couldn't help but to have compassion on him. So she saved him. Pharaoh's own daughter picked up Moses, who would later destroy Pharaoh's uh, regime. Happened by water. See, God continues to do this thing by water. We can talk about David and Goliath. He was destroyed by water. Somebody said, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> he was hit with a rock. Yes. And I will ask you to go and check where did David get the rock from? He went to the water to pick it up. The Bible tells us David went down to the brook and he picked up five smooth stones from the water. You know, water makes things smooth, man. <laughs> we make things smooth with the water. He picked up five smooth stones from the water. J-E-S-U-S. -S. He went and picked up Jesus at the water and he took the stone. And he hit Goliath with it, separated at the water. See, the water still separates. It's been doing it from the beginning. There's nothing new under the sun. If only we could understand the importance of the water. Somebody's fighting the water. We don't think it's important. And yet, we're going to take a bath every night. It's important. In the natural and it's also important in the spiritual so here we find in first Peter chapter 3 and verse 20 Peter tells us Noah was saved by water eight souls that's Noah his wife three sons their three wives eight people use your calculators eight people saved by water go ahead let's read this next one the light figure 
whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. He said, my God, he says, just like how baptism is saving us right now. He said, now that's present tense. I know we've been to school. We've learned English. Uh, <laughs> this is present tense. He said the like figure. He says, just like right now, baptism, that's water. Baptism involves water. He said it's just like right now. Baptism is saving us. Water saving us. See, the water saves. I know somebody might have told you otherwise, but I want to declare to you what the scripture actually tells us. So will you believe what the scripture says or what you, will you continue to hold on to what you've been taught, even though it's not true? This is the choice that we have. I won't make you make a choice, but you have to. I won't make you make the right decision, but you have to make some decision. I pray you make the right one. He said the like figure where unto even baptism does now save us. Baptism is saving us right now. If you let it. See, those people, it could have been more than eight people. Who got on the ark? They just wouldn't do it because they thought Noah was out of his mind. They said, This is a lunatic. Man, we have to remember back in those days, it had never rained before. See, there wasn't always the hurricanes. We didn't start out that way. There wasn't always the tornadoes dropping out the skies. That's the season we're in now. It wasn't always that way. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, it had never rained. So when someone came declaring that water was going to fall out the sky, they thought he was out of his mind. The same thinking somebody's doing right now and saying baptism does not save. Somebody's thinking I'm out of my mind. But it's true. The scripture even says it. So Peter said baptism does now also save us. All right. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. He said, hold on. This is not like taking a bath. See, that's what we do when we take a bath. We get rid of the filth off of our dirty flesh. We get rid of all the dirt. All the grease, all the grime, we get rid, rid of the stench with the soap and water. He said, this ain't like this. This is not the same thing. This is different here. Uh-huh. But the answer of a good conscience towards God. This is putting us in a good conscience toward God. See, if you remember. When Jesus was baptized. God spoke from heaven. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God said he was pleased with Jesus because he was baptized, because he fulfilled the scripture. So we have to do the same thing. Because this will put us in good standing with God. And I don't know about you. 
But I want to be in a good place with God. I want to be on his side. I don't want him to turn me away. So the water still separates. So let's get one more place, Melvin. In the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 38. This is what we need to do today. In the time that we live in, this is what we need to do. Because Peter just told us, baptism doth now also save us. He's just saying the water still separates. We want to be on the side that God uh, decides to use. I want to be one of those people that God chooses. And this is what we must do to be chosen. Now, now I don't make these rules. God said whoever he says can go. That's who's going. I'm just passing the message as Gideon did. Gideon had to tell the people. God, God said this is who's going. I'm sure somebody might have been upset with Gideon. Just as somebody's going to be upset with me. But you'll have to have that conversation with God. So now in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter talking again, all right? Then Peter said unto them. Now this is Peter. Same Peter that we just went to. He wrote those letters that we just came from in the book of First Peter, chapter 3. Same one talking. He said unto them. Mm-hmm. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. He said, be baptized, every one of you, not just some, not two or three. Every single person needs to be baptized. He's not asking a question. He's telling you, you must do this. He's telling you, you have to do this because it separates you. See, this is how you come on the side that God is going to choose. This is how you get on the right side. Not by my rules. By God's rules. He's looking to see who's going to do this. He's telling us exactly what we must do. Seeing if we decide to do it. So he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. The water still separates, just as it did back then. It still does it. So I thank God that he allowed me to see that, for me to get myself together. I pray he continues to work with me. And I pray he continues to work with you guys. So at this time, I will turn it back over to Melvin because... You know, we can talk, I can talk rather, on this for hours and hours. But it has to be something that we choose to do. I can't make someone do it, and I won't make anybody do this. That's not my job. So at this time, I will turn it back over to Melvin. Thank you guys so much, as always. Um... God bless you guys. Yes, definitely do. We appreciate you guys. We can't say that enough. <clears throat> I remember back when we first started this, um, it was in February of 2019. And this was one of our very first messages. And I remember we had to split it up into two parts because it would take a long time to cover everything. Well, we 
weren't going to cover everything, but the stuff that we did cover, we knew that it was going to take a long time. And back then we used to do it in a room in the campus library and we didn't have that room for very long. But I still believe that each one of those messages was over two hours long. We covered a lot of scripture, like a lot over 100, 200 or something like that. But even with all of that, it's still only scratching the tip of the iceberg when it comes down to understanding the true word of God and what he actually wants us to do. I remember some years ago, and this was back even before I got serious and or started reading in the Bible. Um, somebody asked the question, how do you know that you're saved? And I remember one of the first comments was John three sixteen, And I had heard of the scripture. I didn't know it like by heart. I couldn't quote it back then. But, you know, knowing what the little bit that I do know now, we all like to look at that scripture and say, all we have to do is believe, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So people will look at that and say, all I have to do is believe. But it's another 316 somewhere further along in the New Testament. And I can't remember exactly which book, but it says all scripture. Is given by the inspiration of God. So we have to take all scripture into account. So yes, that is true. Whosoever believeth on him, we won't perish. But if we believe him, then we will do what he says to do. So the question is, believe what? And so in that very same chapter, if you take it back up to verses 1 through 5, and even continue on reading, we'll, Tony mentioned it earlier, and we didn't cover it tonight, but the man Nicodemus, the ruler of the Jews, he came one night talking to Jesus and he said, um, good master, good teacher. We know that thou art a good teacher come from God. But no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. He called him a master. And I heard one preacher call, call it flattery. But Jesus got straight to the point and he said, truly, truly, or verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, you know, had a sincere question. He said, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Because we've all done the first birth, but we have to go back and do it again. So Jesus broke it down and said, unless a man is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And it's the same two things. The same two things all throughout scripture. That's the same thing we just covered in the book of Acts. The same thing we covered way back in Judges with um, the separation at the water with Gideon. So it's very important. It's very important. No matter how many times we cover this on this live stream, it still won't be enough. Somebody's still going to be hearing it for the very first time because I know at one point I heard it for the first time. Like, of course, I've heard of baptism before, but how my original thought of it was my original view of it is somebody who's recently converted to Christianity and they go down in the water as as a show as a, as a sign that they're now a follower of Christ. I remember even in the Bible app, um, I was reading plans. You know, I used to be big on reading those Bible plans, and then I looked at one on baptism, and then the very first thing it said, "All right, first off, you do not have to get baptized to be saved." That is not. So let's go and get that out of the way now. 
you only have to do it if you want to if you feel comfortable <laughs> and so yeah i knew after that now you know this isn't it this isn't it because you have to be so careful who you listen to what what you read and what you choose to believe yes we won't perish if we believe on him but we have to believe the right thing and that is going down in the name of jesus and getting the gift of the holy ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues so i'm going to leave it right there i <laughs> see uh brother roger thank you for tuning in Hello. so much one of our regulars he's um also joined the zoom meeting so i'll plug that in right here we have zoom meetings every monday and wednesday at 7 p.m central standard time we would love to have you guys there and I, I see we don't have any more comments, so I'm going to end it right there. As I always like to say, rejoice in the Lord always, because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. Count it all joy, count it all joy, and again, count it all joy. There is reason to be joyful in the midst of every single storm. So if God blesses and says the same, we'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the Word of God. You guys be blessed and have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. We hope you enjoyed this evening's message. My name is Melvin Corners, here alone with Minister Tony Banks. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time at facebook.com slash jmsbible. We hope to see you guys there. Thank you. So, as mentioned in the message, we have Zoom Bible studies every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. To join our messages, all you'd have to do is click the meeting link in the description. There is also a link to listen to all of our previous Zoom messages as well. We hope to see you guys join in on the study. And always remember to rejoice in the Lord always.